I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and brain health expert, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for working moms who are feeling stressed out and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a working mom with big career dreams, I know what it's like to not have enough time in the day and to lack the skills and confidence to reach your goals. I have spent years understanding how our brains work and learning what holds us back from having the courage to reach our dreams. Each week, I'll be sharing practical strategies to help you find more time in your day, build your confidence, fight back against mom guilt, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Bold Life Podcast. I'm joined today by Christy Primer, who's here to talk to us about self-care and success. Christy is a TV host of Women Who Lead, the author of books on personal development, wealth consciousness, and poetry, and a registered mental health counselor. She's the founder of the Think Like a Lady, Act Like a Boss coaching program, and she's a self-care junkie. Welcome, Christy. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks for being here. I'm super excited for this discussion. So I know I shared a little bit about you in my intro, but I'd love to know, you know, what got you interested in working in this area? Yeah, great question. Um, Long story short, I know all too well what it's like to hold myself back, whether it's in personal relationships or professional um, advancements or development. And when when I figured out what worked for me and pulled from not just my education, but actual life changes... I made it my mission that I wanted to empower women all around the globe to create and live the life that they desired. Love it. I love that so much. And so I know some of your focus is on the importance of self-care and success. I talk about a lot in this podcast, how important self-care is and how it's not all about bubble baths and spa days. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit more about why self-care is so important when it comes to success? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think of self-care from a holistic perspective. So financially, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually. And I feel like a big gap um, on the topic of self-care that's missing is on the mental and emotional wellness. So I love to look at, I mean, I love to pamper myself with, with all the things, you know, the bubble baths and the manicures and hair treatments and things. But I really look at self-care from a perspective of what boundaries do I need to put into my life? What my commitment to growth is looking like? How am I showing up for myself and for others? Am I being of service at the level I want to be? Those kinds of questions, which, you know, enhance not only my self-care game, but my quality of life. Yeah, super good point. I'm really interested in that area of boundaries. So a lot of times when we talk about boundaries, we're talking about boundaries with other people. Is that what you mean? Or do you mean more than that? I mean, I mean more than that. I love that you asked that. So I look at boundaries. We all know boundaries is like a line that you don't cross or you don't want anyone else to cross. I think about boundaries. I think about it from a few different perspectives. I look at it through the lens of what do I need to say no to? What do I keep saying yes to? Who do I need to limit access to myself? And I look at it in a bigger capacity of where am I being hindered? Like what is happening that's not allowing me to keep going and moving forward on the success ladder that I, you know, for me that I have mapped out and also for my clients. So boundaries are a safety net, but it's also calling us 
out on our own stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, super interesting. Tell me more. Okay. So one of the things that I, I believe in firmly, and I, and I teach this, but I most importantly live it, is I have a non-negotiable list. And so that to me is very similar as boundaries because it's something that I've made a commitment to myself that I will do no matter what. It is non-negotiable. And it links into the topic of boundaries because it's things like getting adequate sleep, making sure I'm reading every day, fueling my mind, limiting how much news or social media I'm you know, consuming, looking at my circle of influence. Who am I hanging out with? I refuse to hang out with people that gossip. I refuse to hang out with people that put other people down. And that is a boundary for me and non-negotiable because let's face it, when we're around people doing that, and some of us, like I've done that myself years ago, um, it feels gross, it's toxic, and it actually ripples into every faucet of your life. Because again, it affects you, your energy and how you're showing up. So I love to go really deep. And I ask everybody that I talk to, and I'm not kidding about this, not just clients, what are your boundaries? What are your non-negotiables? And a lot of times, Nicole, people will say to me, well, I don't know. I, I don't really know. And I say, think about it. Get clear on what you need to stop doing and what you need to start doing to live your best, healthiest life. Yes. I know this is something that I am constantly working on because it's not something I'm very good at as well is having those non-negotiables in my life. And I think I, like probably a lot of women, I'm the type of person to kind of go, 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 keep pushing myself, always keep reaching. And then you know, I'm forgetting about all those other areas. You know, I'm singularly focused on my business or I'm focused 100% in this area and then other areas are, are falling behind. Absolutely. I think we can all relate to that, eh? Yes. Yeah. And I think it's, like I said, I find, especially for women, often hard to take that step back because one thing that comes up is this idea that, you know, for women, like I said, but moms for sure is this like self-care is selfish. Or if I'm prioritizing myself, that means I'm not giving 100% to my family or my work or whatever. Do you find that? Oh, I hear it all the time. And I actually see women living on the other side of that, which is one of the greatest rewards that I, I see in my practice. And I feel really strongly that, well, I can only share from personal experience, but we guilt ourselves, especially as moms, in a way that I would never see a man guilt himself. <laughs> like, yes. never see a man be like, oh, I can't go on this business trip because I have laundry to do and a child to feed. It's, it's an unspoken pressure that is on mothers and that we as mothers do take on. And women in general, I believe, the nurturing aspect of us. But one of the things that I see, and I'm about probably 11 years now, maybe a little longer... I have consistently had a very well-established self-care routine, which involves personal development. And my son and husband will attest that their lives dramatically changed and improved when I started putting my wellness first. Really? Yeah. I actually, I wrote about this in my first book, but I had to give myself permission to shift and reframe what I looked at personal time, self-care, how I looked at it, I should say, because it is so selfless. Like the more we take care of ourselves and the better we take care of ourselves, the better we are as partners, as mothers, as leaders, and 
every single person in our lives, especially in our family and in our business, benefits because we can give. Like there's so much, res- I had so much resentment um, because I wasn't saying no when I needed to. I wanted to be the woman that didn't let anyone down. I wanted to show that I could do it. Um, I had, you know, lots of different things going on and I was depleted inside. I was resentful of saying yes when I really meant no. And guess who got the brunt of that? <laughs> My family. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The ones that you were trying to help and the ones that you were trying to be there for. Exactly. Like I didn't take it out of my clients. It was my family. And I mean, the shift for me happened when I was like, okay, this has to change. Where can I start making more room in my calendar for me? And I'm an avid reader. I feel really good when I read books, both fiction and nonfiction. And so I started reading for, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day. And even just sitting and being still and not thinking about a gazillion things helped improve my mood and my energy. Yeah, reading's a an energy filler for me as well as something I've always loved. And I know for me as well, if I can commit to just those few minutes a day of sitting down with a book, I feel more refreshed and more rejuvenated. And you know, in my mind, I know that that's going to be worth it. But so often the moment, it's really hard to make that choice when, like you said, there's dishes that need to be done and there's other things that need to be done. Do you have any kind of tips or strategies for kind of fighting that mental battle? Yeah, actually, the first tip is acknowledge it and don't resist it. Like, it's okay that that comes up for you. <laughs> it's normal. It's healthy. It's it's almost like you're trying to rewire your calendar, but you start with your mind, right? So you're like, okay, I've got to do this. So of course, anything that's unfamiliar is going to feel off or weird or maybe, you know, not important, but accept it. The second thing is block off the time in your calendar. I don't know if it has to be 7am or 2pm for you. Like everyone's schedule is different, but block it in as me time, like lock it in there 10 minutes if, if that's all you can do. And literally give yourself the blessing of those 10 minutes. If you can do more, do more. The third tip I would say is really look at how you want to be showing up and look at what's taking up time in your calendar that can be removed. Like for me, I had mm, probably two hours, this is going back a few years, two hours a day of mindless Instagram scrolling. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It did not benefit me in the slightest, but yet I tracked my time and I realized, oh boy, I just wasted two hours of my life scrolling Instagram. I can find time to take care of me and my mental wellness and my physical health. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. There's always time. Like you said, I know I find that as well when I'm procrastinating. I don't look on social as much, but it's the same idea as I read the news, right? And I'm like reading random news articles that I'm not really that interested in that don't really benefit me in any way and often stress me out, to be honest, right now. Like the news is super positive, right? And then that's like taking away my energy and draining me even more. It's not the break that I want it to be. Yeah. And then you don't feel like you don't even feel like you can probably give too much after that. I mean, you you do because you do it all, but yeah, that feeling it creates within us. And I'm not saying don't ever watch the news. I mean, I try to limit how much I watch, but I do like to know what's going on in the world. But 
I limit how much I, I consume and who I consume it from. Am I making sense? Yeah. Like be selective about the resources you're seeking out. Yes, for sure. Totally. I know something you shared was that your your family really noticed that change in you when you started prioritizing your own self-care. Can you talk a little bit about the differences that you were noticing and kind of how that changed your life? Yeah. The first thing was I was less spazzy. I mean, I I post about this off and on and I've written about it in a couple of my books, but I was literally so calm, so chill in my practice, like handling people's trauma like a boss and was, you know, thought I was taking great self-care um, or taking great care of myself. Sorry. And yet things would eat at me. Like I wouldn't make time to exercise knowing that when I exercise, even for 20 minutes, I feel so much better. So I started pushing my rituals that I had had that got me to a certain level of success. I started pushing them on the back burner so I could show up more for my, my clients, for my team. And I was a little, you know, spazzy. I was irritable. I was tired. Like that tired that you feel when you are almost on the verge of becoming a zombie. <laughs> and I, I had such high expectations on myself that when I literally gave myself permission to do the priorities on my list and be mindful with my family, like shut my phone off and be present after 7 p.m. I felt better. I connected more with my husband. I was literally so much more present with my son. I was before that I was very guilty of phone in one hand, trying to go through emails, listening. And yeah, I would make eye contact, but I wasn't 100% present. And that I realized was time that I could not get back. And at the end of the day, nobody is more important to me than my son or my husband. Why would I sacrifice that relationship or those relationships to be superwoman in my business? Like it just didn't make sense. It wasn't aligned anymore. So those were some of the greatest changes. But most importantly, too, like I had less headaches. You know, when we cut our screen time, especially before bed, and research has proved this, but we actually sleep better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something important to note too. I agree is I talk about this a lot on this podcast and I'm all about the mind-body connection. I'll preach it every day. But so often we forget how you know changes in our emotional health and our stress level can really impact our body and things like not getting enough sleep and how that's going to impact your physical health and um, headaches and irritability. Like you said, muscle tension is another really common one, lots of pain and stomach upset. And all of these are ways of our body trying to say, whoa, 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 right? Like you're not prioritizing us anymore. Right. And even find, I don't know if this, if you can relate to this, but I find a lot of my clients experience a decrease in their anxiety, insomnia, restless sleep when they cut out the screen time, cut out, you know, a lot of sugar, take time to literally chill out, whatever that looks like for, for an individual. But it drastically has impacted anxiety in ways beyond what people even might be aware of if so I recommend if someone is listening and they're struggling with some of these things look at your habits and how it might be contributing to some of the negative body aches or ailments and and even worry and, and anxiety that you might be facing absolutely and I know I know for me and for a lot of people sometimes it seems like these things are so simple right it's like get more sleep and eat healthy and we know all these things is simple but Simple doesn't necessarily mean 
easy. It's not easy to do these things. We're in these habits for a reason. Absolutely. And the good news is, Nicole, we can change them. Yes. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So one of the things I see a lot of, and I've seen it myself too, I've lived it. We get into these roadblocks. We, we give into doubt. We give into overcommitting. We book our calendars so full. We sometimes have a fear of more success because we wonder like, what's that going to, how's that going to impact our family or, or whatever. And one of the things that I love and love, love, love to teach and, and to do for myself is really get clear on why. Why am I doing this stuff? How can I get into a position to live my best life, be my best self, show up and serve at the level that I want to and reframe it in a way that I'm like, I call myself a self-care junkie for this reason, but reframe it in a way that the better I take care of myself, the better I deliver and the better I can take care of other people. But more importantly, I, I really feel I want to highlight this just quickly is my faith. I have a very strong source connection. And that for me is part of my daily practice is part of how I get to the level that I'm at. It's how I push past roadblocks, roadblocks that are, whether they're physical or internal. And honestly, like, I know there's so many women and, and men that will be listening to this that would be so much more productive if they paused. And if they like, re reevaluated what they're doing, who they're hanging out with, how they're showing up, because it can be more simple than we make it. We tend to overcomplicate it. Yeah. Would you like, do you, you probably see this too. We, we overcomplicate having to make changes. Yes. And thinking that change has to be this big, huge, complex thing. Right. Yeah, right. And, and so then we don't want to do it because it's like, oh my God, that's going to be way too much work. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then we resist it and we resist it. It's like, okay, let's, let's chunk it down. Let's look at what is manageable right now. What's one little change that you can make? Is it the 10 minutes of reading a book or listening to a podcast, you know, to, to learn and fuel your mind? Is it a brisk walk? Something has to shift, but we can simplify it. And I think the more we start living in alignment and get intentional about how we even want to live and what we want to be doing, we can then get more clear on what we need to do, where the gaps are, and how we can start creating a better schedule that actually fits our lives, especially for those of us that are now working from home. I know so many women that have created this. Well, it's very real. It's not just a, it's not just an internal block, but they are doing the laundry and they're doing their business calls and they're tutoring their child on, you know, online for school and they're, making lunch and they're, they're doing all these things. And it's like, what can you outsource? Is there anybody that you can hire to do something to help you or that will volunteer to help you? Like give yourself permission to stop being everything to everyone. Yeah. I've heard the analogy a few times recently of the idea that you have, you know, you have a bunch of balls in the air and, and some of those balls are, are made of glass. And if you let them fall, they're going to shatter, but some of them are bouncy and you drop them and they can spring back up. So recognizing what are those glass fragile areas of your life that you need to keep holding up? And what are those things that you know we can let go of a little bit? And it's okay if it bounces a time or two. I love that analogy so much. Mm -hmm. I like it too. I think it really fits. It does. And you know what? Like I know personally, I can put so much unnecessary pressure on myself as far as 
not perfectionism because I've totally worked through the fact that I am imperfectly perfectly me <laughs> and yeah. you know that is what it is but I mean like for our deadlines or projects that we take on or it's not really a social thing right now but we put so much pressure on ourselves when really we need to like relax pull the curtain back and look at where we can find more pleasure in our lives absolutely I love that I know that's something like you said it's been a it's been a rough year for most of us. It's been a weird year. Everything's a little bit different. And I know I've been guilty of that often over the past eight or nine months of, you know, I had goals for this year and I had a way that I thought 2020 was going to go in my life and my business. And it obviously has not gone at all according to plan. Right. And I'm, I'm talking to my husband at the end of the day and I'm kind of beating myself up for, you know, how this hasn't gone. And he has to bring me back to that reminder of, you know, here's all the ways that we're still moving forward. And here's all those small steps that we're still taking to move in that direction. Even if they seem super small right now, they're all going to carry you moving forward. Yes. And I love that. I want to give a shout out to incredible husbands because I too have one. And one of the other things that I, I love to do is really think out loud. And so I have, my husband was a high school teacher for many years. And so he's really good at listening. (laughs) And I will literally rhyme off my to-do list. I don't do this often, but when I feel like I'm getting in that overwhelmment stage and I'll say to him, like, what, what in your opinion do you see as a priority for me? Cause I talked about my goals and my dreams all the time. And he'll literally be like, you just listed 30 things that aren't even relevant to what you're doing. So he brings me back to center too. And, and, you know, of course I do that for him as well when he needs it. But this year, I mean, for me, I have personally evolved because I dug my heels in and I was like, okay, how can I improve my mindset? I mean, I have a fantastic mindset, but how can I improve it even more and optimize it for more success in a different way? And self-care for me, like I have a every day, Monday through Sunday, I, I have two hours minimum that I'm journaling, I'm reading, I do my exercise, my meditation. And that is one of the serious reasons and significant reasons that I still feel so well. And I love hearing stories like that because I think another barrier for a lot of us is we feel like we're supposed to be doing all of these things and we're supposed to be busy and it's supposed to be hard and we're supposed to be burnt out. And it's hard to see what that other side looks like. And so we meet someone that's gone through that mindset shift and is out the other side and is practicing the importance of self-care. It's hard for us to envision, you know, what that would be like because the idea of taking things off the plate just feels terrifying, right? Like how can I let this stuff go? Right. An example that I would love to share with you, when I hired my team, I have an incredible team and an incredible business manager. And when I hired my team, it was really difficult for me to give them tasks and trust that they could do it as amazing as I could because, you know, and here's what I've learned. Once I trusted my intuition that I was hiring the right people and the training pieces there, and they already knew what they were doing, you wouldn't even believe how much my business and my life has transformed from outsourcing and delegating. And that's business of the business side. But Nicole, I'm telling you, I now use that click and collect grocery service. Yeah. It has changed my life. (laughs) Really? Hey, something as simple as outsourcing groceries. 
I know that's, you know, seems trite, but it, it actually was so empowering that I could say, I'm not a bad mom if I don't want to go in the grocery store and get the groceries. Like it was just, I was thinking about it. And I want, you know, people are obviously, we all have different thoughts. We're all trying to do the best we can right now. And we need to be clear on what we need individually to thrive, not just survive. I know that's been a hard one for me as well is not just giving up the control and hiring other people, but I was kind of raised in that view of if you can do it yourself, you should be doing it yourself. And it was a, it was an economical thing. You know, we, why pay someone else when you can do this yourself? And that was a hard mindset around finances and money to get around of like, yes, I could do this myself, but it's going to take me the example I had was we went to paint our house inside a number of years ago. And I was like, I can paint. So I spent like a week painting our kitchen and it looked good. Like it looked fine. And then I was running out of time. So we decided to look into hiring painters and we hired a painting company to come in and they did the whole house in a weekend. And it looked a million times better than anything I could have ever done. Right. So like it took me a week to do a small room and they right. just like whipped it done. And I was like, okay, it is definitely worth hiring people that know what they're doing. And this is not my area of expertise. So I need to let that go and let someone else do it. I love that. And you know what? It's a good reminder for all of us that we really do need to stay in our lane. And I can relate to a similar upbringing you know, if you can do it, why pay someone else to do it? Like why it, it was like a waste of money. And I have done so much work on my money mindset and my relationship to abundance that I no longer think that way, but I totally get it. And I know there's so many people listening that have that same kind of concept or idea around, well, if I can do it, why wouldn't I do it? But it's again, that permission to reevaluate what are you doing that serves you? And what are you doing that no longer serves you? And what can you outsource just for the sake of time? Yes. Yeah. Because that's, we, all of us have a finite amount of time in our day, right? We have the same 24 hours and what's best use of that? Yes. And keep our sanity while we're going about our day-to-day activities, you know? Yes. So I know we've talked a lot about self-care today. If someone is just starting out and they want to prioritize self-care, start taking more of an investment in their own life, where's a good place to start? What would you recommend? Yeah, I think, you know, the practical piece of it is, you know, buy some great self-help books, look at podcasts like this one, like start getting your mind around the idea of what it really looks like and how you can implement it into your life. I think that's a really great way. I mean, obviously working with a mentor or with a counselor is fantastic. But the spiritual side, the other side of it that I like to talk about is stop breaking promises to yourself. When I commit to doing something, I follow through. And that to me is a big component of mental wellness for myself because I don't break promises to myself anymore. And I used to, I used to say, oh, that's okay. Or I'll sacrifice what I need to do for me for you so I can help you. And I want to be nice and all these things. And now I'm like, no, I don't want to be nice. I'm kind. But self-care is really giving yourself the permission to look at what you need. So the practical side of getting the books, hiring the counselor, mentor, the podcast, the fueling your your mind for growth, that's amazing. And I highly recommend it. I think we all need mentors and coaches and counselors in our lives. I think that's just part of the human makeup. But the other side of it is giving yourself permission to change. If what you're doing isn't working, 
start small, but start with something. Yes. So I know you've written some books you mentioned. If folks want to learn more about you or they want to work with you, where can they go to find out more about you, your books, your coaching? Yeah, no, I'm so glad you asked that. So I'm really, really active on Instagram at Christy underscore Primer. And uh, my website, primetimecs.com has all the goods there. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I really want to say, because I'm so grateful that you do this podcast, Nicole, is don't get overwhelmed by researching everyone and their sister that teaches self-care or mental health or growth mindset. Like, find what works for you and just start. Yes, I love that. Just start. Fantastic. I'll put all those links that you shared in the show notes as well so folks can find you easily. Okay, thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Christy. I think this was a fabulous discussion and I know I learned a lot and our listeners will have as well. I love it. And you know what? Thanks for giving me the opportunity to share and hopefully bring some value and just to everyone listening, be well, take care of yourself. That's right. All right, everyone. That's a wrap for today. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers and this is the Bold Life Podcast. Thank you.